0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 379, and I think I'm going to call it Let's Talk About Money and Decluttering. This is an issue, right? Like it's an issue from different angles. And so I think some, I mean, it's not like I haven't talked about this before, right? I talk about this because it comes up for a lot of people at all different points in the decluttering process. Okay. But I think let's zero in on just money as an issue, partly so that I can have it in the title of the podcast so that people who this is their one issue are like, okay, I'm going to go listen to that and talk about that. But anyway, that was just a strategy part on my part. Anyway. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to remind you that I shall be taking the summer off. And I'm just going to tell y'all I'm really excited about it. I didn't really get the summer off last year because I was making my YouTube videos for the whole entire year. And I have explained to Reed that I'm not doing that again this summer because curly hair and swimming and trying to look decent on a regular basis, those three things together cause a lot of stress and I'm I'm just not going to do it. So anyway, uh, not that I won't make a few to get ahead for him for next year, but I take the summer off. That means there will be no podcasts, nor will there be YouTube videos, nor, I don't know, whatever else I do. Uh, but I am off. So please subscribe. And the reason that I say that, of course, I want you to subscribe. It's helpful for all of us. It's helpful for me helps get the show like into the good algorithms and stuff to be shown to people. But the main thing is for your sake, so that you don't forget about me over the summer. Maybe that's for my sake. And then at the end of the summer, when I do come back, it'll just pop up in your podcast player if you're subscribed, where otherwise your podcast app may just be like, Oh, okay, they don't listen to that anymore. So anyway, yes, subscribe, that would be great. Uh, also, another thing to do is sign up for my newsletter. I know I'm pushing all these things. But that is the one thing that keeps going over the summer, mostly just because I um schedule it all out. I mean, I still have to do that. So I'm getting a little nervous about it happening, but I try to get those things scheduled out for the summer so that you're still getting some encouragement and reminder and just like keeping it in front of your face. This, that it really is possible to change your house. And here are real strategies that will be coming into your email inbox, which is free for y'all. Not for me. cost me a lot of money, but anyway, throughout the summer, just to kind of keep it in front of your face. So if you would like to join the newsletter go to aslobcomesclean.com slash newsletter and you can sign up there. I I will, I mean, I get it. I don't love stuff in my inbox either, but it was interesting when I started really trying to like use the newsletter to like, Hey, let me teach you some of these concepts and let me bring up some of these posts that have been written over the last 13 years to, you know, just make use of them and help continue to let those, you know, be helpful to people like I would go to speaking events and people would identify themselves as a newsletter subscriber. It's always interesting to me. You know, it's like, I'm a podcast listener. I'm a YouTube watcher. I'm a whatever. But that was interesting that people were like, oh, I subscribe to your newsletter and your newsletter is the thing that helps me. So I'm just pushing that, letting you know that is a way to keep up with things. It also is a way that if something does happen over the summer, then, you know, I have a way to contact you. The other thing is obviously Patreon, dot com slash a slob comes clean. Uh, that is a place that, you know, the Facebook group stays very active over the summer and people speak in this language of no mess decluttering and all that. Okay. And maybe I know, right? How many minutes have I been talking and I'm still blathering on about this, but if you have thought about becoming a decluttering coach, And you're like, Oh wait, that's right. I was going to do that. And I've got some time this summer or whatever. Go to declutteringcoaches.com. That is my site. And you can find out about becoming a coach, going through the training. And then if you pass the training, then you get, you get to be certified, but you also might want to find a coach, right? You might need some help. Say I've got some time to devote to this. I'm going to hire someone to help coach me through this decluttering, this no mess decluttering process
1: All right. So let's talk about money
0: and decluttering. Yes. Money and decluttering. It's a big hangup, right? And it was one of my hangups for sure. So if this is the first time that you've listened and you stayed with me through all of that promotional blah, 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 that I just did, my story is that I hit rock bottom after losing my house to eBay, basically. So I had always struggled with messiness and then I got into eBay. Honestly, it started because I was wanting to get rid of a few things and then I figured out how much fun it was. And then I started buying things at garage sales, but I wasn't amazing at it. And so I would buy a lot of things. This was also before smartphones, just so you know. So I didn't, I wasn't able to like check how much something could be worth immediately, but I would bring all this stuff into my house and then was not getting it out at the right rate. And so my house just got completely, it, it was bad. But where money comes in on this is that because of that experience, I saw dollar signs on all of my stuff to the point where looking back, it kind of makes me a little uncomfortable when I think about how I could look at, oh, this sounds awkward to say. I could look at a kid's outfit and my brain would immediately go to how much the resale value would be on that. Uh, I could look at somebody's purse, shoes. I was really good at cowboy boots. Those were one of my favorite things to buy for $2 in Texas and sell for a lot more money to people outside of Texas. I saw dollar signs. I knew how much stuff was worth. And that was hurting decluttering efforts. I started hurting, not hurting, hurting. <laughs> but as I started decluttering in my house, the the one advantage I had was that I knew how much time and effort it takes to sell. And as I started saying, I'm just going to donate these things that I know are not worth selling. When I started doing that and I realized, oh, wow, letting things go and not worrying about the money, like just donating it means that this lots more stuff leaves my house so much more quickly than it did before. And I loved that feeling. Like, so that started to change my perspective on all this. So I give you that background just to let you know that you are not listening to a podcast by someone who does not understand the money issue. Okay. Here I'm building my, my frugality cred here, right? When I was doing eBay, I, you know. We had moved. We hadn't sold our house yet. So we were paying rent in one place and a house payment in another. We had literally no money. And I was selling on eBay and I was so excited to be making $40 a week because that that was my goal. If I could make $40 a week, we can go out to eat. We can actually do it twice. Our kids were itty bitty. And so they would just eat off our plates and so I was like, okay, we could go to Chili's in the olden days when we could eat for $25. And then we could go someplace super duper cheap, you know, run through a drive through or whatever, get drinks at home, that kind of thing. This was also the olden days. Did I say that already? Yeah. It was at least 17 years ago. Anyway, but, um, what was I talking about? <laughs> Frugality and needing the money. That's what I was talking about. Okay. So I, had desperately needed the money and therefore was selling things on eBay and therefore my house got out of control. And so I started to see that a house out of control was harder than not having the money to get the things that I felt like I needed to get or legitimately needed to get. It was harder to have a house I could not handle than it was to not have money. All right. Okay. So let me read you this comment that just, let me just be clear here. It was a very sweet comment at the beginning. And even this part is not, not sweet. Okay. So if you're listening, I am not like complaining. I'm just saying like, if, if one person said it now, there are definitely some comments that I'm like, yeah, you are the outlier. This is probably not the outlier. This is a reaction that people have when they see one decluttering video of mine. Okay. So another thing here is that, especially for those of us who have always been frugal and who have always struggled with clutter, it often takes us hearing about all this stuff from all the different angles before it sinks in. I have had a lot of people lately which I was, it's interesting, the waves that different like reactions and stuff come in, because they seem to come from different areas. So it's not like they heard somebody else say it. So they're saying it too. But like one of the things that I've heard from a lot of people lately is some version of this sentence, which is, I have heard you talk about such and such for years, or so many different times, or in a hundred different ways. And this week, it finally clicked for me. It finally hit home. It finally made sense. I got it. You know, some version of it's not like I haven't heard you say this before, but it finally got through to me. That's what's happening in this comment that I'm going to read you. It's from a YouTube video that I did where I, um, it's like a 30 minute video, but it's where I demonstrate my no mess decluttering process. So I'm decluttering a craft cabinet and it's actually staged. anyway, I'm excited to be at the point where I needed to stage this. Right. But I staged this thing. I went and I told you that. Okay. So I'm not, I was not lying, but I went through the whole decluttering process. So you can see how the no mess decluttering process works. All right. There are the vast majority. It's one of my best videos as far as like how many people have watched it, which is amazing since it's 30 minutes, but there've been a lot of people, who, or some people will come by and they're like, oh, well, I would take, I would put everything in a box and do that. And I'm like, okay, well, you did not get the point of the video at all. And that's fine. But this, this comment is from somebody who really is trying to grasp the concept. They are trying to understand it because they see the value of the concept and yet they're getting hung up on the money issue. Okay. So this is what inspired me to talk about this because I think it is, well, I know it is, it is a hang up And for those of us who struggle overall, you know, money was not my only issue. Money was one of my issues. That's that, um, I shouldn't talk about this one, but I do my Seinfeld references here, but you know, that one where (laughs) I won't go into too many details, but, um, Jerry's like, what's wrong with my body or something? And he, and she goes to Elaine and she says, uh, chicken wing shoulder blades. Like that's the first, she just like immediately names it off and he goes, that's it. And she goes, well, that's one thing or something like that. Anyway, I shouldn't, I should not give that reference. Should I? Anyway, cause it's kind of an inappropriate episode, but so there, the, my point though is that even though I had all these different things, sometimes frugality, or it could be another issue can feel like it's the only thing, right? Like it can feel like it's the biggest, the most important. And it's because we're talking about money. I mean, come on. Money is a real issue. I just did a budget with one of my kids for, can you survive? (laughs) Can you survive in this next phase of life that you're moving into? Is this actually possible? You know, I mean, like money is a real actual issue. So anyway, here's the, here's the comment. And like I said, I should have copied and pasted also the beginning part where it was like, thank you so much for this. I'm learning so much, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, uh, cause I had the example that I gave of the second decluttering question, which is if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had had one, uh, was beading cord elastic. Y'all, when have I ever used beading cord elastic, but whatever. Okay. So this is, and I had gotten rid of it because I would never have thought to go looking for it in my house. So this is the comment, the second part of the comment after the nice part. Your decision to toss the beating elastic, elastic she spelled it correctly. I just can't pronounce it. The beating elastic. Oh my word, the beating elastic demonstrates that you have a certain amount of money to waste. Increasingly, there are many of us who never thought this would be our situation, especially older folks who literally have to count every dollar and don't know that that situation will ever improve. So although each of us will have to use your advice in ways that work best for us, you speak in a very self-assured fashion that doesn't allow for the possibility that some people saving that elastic is in fact worth it. Because when the time comes, we may not be able to replace it easily. Y'all, this is, I get it. Like I totally, totally get it. But my point is that sometimes this very real situation of, you know, it says, we never thought we would be in this situation. She's saying some of us who never thought we would be in this situation. This very real challenge, situation, legitimate feeling of concern, possibly fear, possibly panic. Those legitimate feelings about one issue can cause us to not see the overall picture of what's happening here. Okay. And also how this is backfiring because it is a legitimate concern, the many. Okay. I I totally, totally get what this person is saying. Like I get it, I get the feeling. I get the feeling behind it. I do understand. I will gladly admit at this point my privilege. And honestly, even back in the days where I was excited to make $40 a week, that was a privilege too. Okay. So I am am happy to admit that, but I'm not. Going to say, Oh, you're right. I can't understand. Go ahead and keep the beating cord elastic. Okay. I'm not going to say get rid of all your beating cord elastic either, but we are going to dive into okay, how do we not let this be the hang up that keeps us from making any actual real progress? Okay. So, uh, okay i looked it up i was looking at my notes and i was like why do i have 127 written on here that makes no and i'm like oh <laughs> it's because i looked it up i looked it up in my walmart app how much is beading cord elastic like the one that i got rid of uh, and it's a dollar 27 okay so and i'm pretty sure i even said an amount in the video itself okay so i do want to to bring that in here is when this is a feeling that I can't declutter because of the money issue, sometimes that makes us call all money amounts a major issue. And sometimes $1.27 is a real major issue. Okay. So I'm not, I don't want to belittle this comment in any way. Okay. And I don't want to dismiss this fear and this concern that the person is feeling, but I do want you to make decluttering progress. Okay. And that's what I'm here for, is to help talk you through it. And here's a plug for my books. I know some of y'all are like, she never stopped selling on this entire podcast. 378. Oh my word. I- I'm just telling you, this is the plug for the books. That was a 30-minute video, which is a longer video than I normally do. This is one podcast. It is very hard when you... Because because my guess is if you have the hang-up of about $1.27, you've got other hang-ups along the way that you're going to have to face. You've got other things that you've been telling yourself or believing that have resulted in a completely out of control home. I don't know if this person's home is out of control, but I'm just saying like for many people, there are so many different things along the way and the books bring it all together and cover all of it in their 60,000 words, okay? Where when you listen to one podcast or watch one video, you're getting a concept. Well, for many of us who struggle Grasping one concept brings up four other concepts. Okay, I get that, but what about this? What about this? The book is the whole process with all the things addressed in one place. So that's my plug for the book. And don't forget if money is an issue, most libraries have it. Somebody in my Patreon group literally just posted that they just got noticed back from their library that they had requested that. Their library order one of my books and they were sent the thing and said, okay, well, we're going to order it and you're first on the list. So to do it. So there's, and most, most libraries already have it. I mean, like my books are in libraries. Okay. So there's, you don't even have to spend the money on it. Right. But that that's my plug for that is that that brings the whole thing together into one big thing, which is designed to be like, okay, let's talk about these mindsets. Let's talk about this. And then let's get into the process and let's address all the issues that you may run into with the process and blah, blah, blah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp projects. So many projects taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to like a better health therapist can really help. This time of year, is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused, one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style: gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like prep dishes super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com/slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. So let's talk about this. Okay. As I said, frugality, part of me, I honestly think it's in my DNA. I mean, I come by this, honestly, I have my dad's side of the family where they're just, super duper frugal, also super neat. But hi, Aunt Becky, if you're listening. <laughs> my Aunt Becky is the literal queen garage sailor. And like when we go visit, that's what I want to do. I want to go garage selling with her because she's amazing at it, right? Like she comes up, she finds the coolest, coolest things. But so there's that frugality on that side. The other side is the, uh my mom's side, the farming family side where, you know, they lived on a farm and they made do and can't make hay when the sun don't shine. I don't know if that's what you're supposed to say. But uh, I mean, like, you know, you lived by the land and some years were leaner than others, and you made use of everything you had and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I come by frugality easily. But a big part of me finally making this real change in my home was realizing that my frugality was not the only reason, but it was a huge factor in why my house was a disaster. But I want to be clear. I didn't change my house by spending more money. Okay. It was not financially wasteful for me to get rid of all this excess stuff, even stuff that yes, I've had to replace some of it and spend $1.27 or $30 here and there. Okay. It was not a money waster to get my house under control and get the stuff out of my house. Right. As I was creating my notes yesterday, I thought I was going to be recording yesterday and then life happens. I was wearing my chronic overthinker t-shirt. Like I have a t-shirt. You can go to amazon.com slash shop slash comes clean. And one of them, one of my t-shirts says chronic overthinker because so many of these issues are chronic overthinking issues. That is a big part of our problem, Right we've talked about predicting the future, how you can't do it. You can't predict the future and wanting to predict the future, which is a hopeless endeavor, is a lot of our problem with the clutter in our house. Uh, We talk a lot about accepting the reality of our space, accepting, accepting, sorry, that uh, space is finite. It does not grow like in Harry Potter, just because I want more books, my bookshelves don't grow bigger. That's reality and accepting that is essential for actually having a house under control. We talk about clutter threshold. Your clutter threshold is the amount of stuff that you personally can easily keep under control. It's the stuff that I can handle in my house. It's the reason why someone else can have more stuff than me and their house be perfectly fine. They can find what they need. They can get to it. They can keep it under control. I can have that amount of stuff and it's piles everywhere because we have different clutter thresholds because we are different, right? So we talk about all those different ways to break through overthinking. So let's talk about money. Here's a fact. And I want you to listen to this. Like I even had Linda make me an image that says this on it. Cause I was like, I wrote it down and I went, Oh, that's good, Dana. That's good. Dana. Wow. Good job, Dana. Okay. Here it is if you are living above your clutter threshold, you are already wasting money. I'm going to repeat that. If you are living above your clutter threshold, you are already wasting money before you ever start decluttering. So the wasting money is not due to decluttering. The wasting money Is due to living over your clutter threshold. Your clutter threshold being the amount of stuff that you can handle. Please do not let this be one of those times where you assume you know what clutter threshold means and you think that it means aesthetic amounts of stuff that are pleasing to your artistic eye. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about you going into somebody else's house that there's no clothes on the floor. There's no dishes on thing, but you're like, Oh, it's over my taste. She has more stuff than it's really my taste. That's what we're talking about. That's not the clutter threshold. It's what can you handle? How much stuff can you have in your house and it not look like an explosion? How much stuff can you have in your house and be able to be aware of what you have and know where it is and get to it quickly and be able to put it back quickly? How much stuff can you have in your house? And on a random day, five minutes of doing a pickup, get your house. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's good. All right. That's your clutter threshold. If you are living above your clutter threshold, meaning you have more stuff than you can handle, you're wasting money right now. How? It's not a waste of money to rebuy beading cord elastic. It feels like a waste of money, right? Like it feels like I used to have some of the, this, I got rid of it. And now we're making, I don't even know exactly what it's for, but I I think it's something in sewing. And I think I had gotten it for uh, making like necklaces or something when my daughter was younger. It feels like a waste of money to have to buy some when you used to have some. Okay. But the real waste of money is buying beading cord elastic because you need some but you actually already have some, but you didn't know that you had any because your house is so full of stuff. It's in piles. It's shoved in cabinets that you have no idea what you have in your house. Your brain is overwhelmed by all the stuff to the point that you don't remember buying beading cord elastic for 25 cents at a garage sale because you might need it someday. And then you brought it home from the garage sale and you stuck it in a pile thinking, well, I'm going to need to get organized someday. And it sat in that pile for a month or a year or a decade. And you've, in that decade, bought beating cord elastic three or four different times while it's been sitting in that pile, while you haven't been able to use your home and you haven't been able to function in your home. So it's changing that mindset of what is the waste of money. You are paying for your home, most likely. I, I'm, Maybe there are people who aren't, but you're paying for your home. You're paying rent or you're paying mortgage or you've paid off your mortgage and you're paying your property taxes. You're paying money for your house. If you've paid off your house, then you paid the money in the past and you're still paying taxes, right? So that is money that is being spent on this space And yet, if you are living over your clutter threshold and it's constantly out of control and you can't eat at your dining room table because it's covered in stuff at all times and you don't even know what's at the bottom of that pile, then you're wasting money because you're paying to have a home with space for a table to be able to eat at and you can't eat at it. I feel like I'm being really mean right now. Am I being mean? I hope I'm not being mean. But this, this is such a crucial mindset change. This mindset change changed me. Getting past this issue helped me some, and and I have to stop here, y'all. And I just have to say, do you know how I got past this issue? I started getting rid of the stuff that wasn't any kind of any frugality hang up for me. I started getting rid of the stuff that I knew I should have gotten rid of a really long time before. I started getting rid of the stuff that just flat out got on my nerves and I didn't even want it in my house. The duh donations, the trash, I got those things out and I went, Oh, I can do this. I like my house so much more. This space Not all of it yet, right? Because I still had a lot to go. But this space here, I can actually use it. My dining room table isn't covered in stuff all the time anymore. We can eat at the table. Oh, wow. That was where the value was. The value was in my home and being able to use it. And that started to change my mind and it started to make everything look different to me. Because the problem was when I got hung up on what if I have to replace this item and I let that be the deciding factor for whether it stayed in my home or not, I kept more stuff than I had space for or than I could handle. And my house stayed out of control. And I stayed at the point where I was constantly buying things anyway that I actually had in my house because I didn't know they were there. Or if I did know they were there... (sighs) the thought of digging through piles to find them just wore me out. And I said, you know what, it's worth the dollar twenty-seven, Even though I know there's beating cord elastic somewhere. I, I know that one of these piles has some in it. I could maybe even have a couple of them because I remember grabbing a whole, you know, somebody's entire sewing cabinet worth that they sold for five dollars or whatever at their garage sale I remember doing that at one point but I have no idea where it is I have no idea which pile which closet I would have to open that would spill everything out the minute I you know release the door and so I would go buy it anyway because I either didn't know I had it or the thought of getting it was too exhausting and the dollar 27 seemed like a small price to play to pay to not have to do that Well, guess what happens when I let go of things then I have not only, well, then I have a space that I love and a space that doesn't frustrate me. I have the peace of mind of knowing, Nope, I don't have any like, and I have, I get to spend the dollar 27 and say, that's a small price to pay. Just like I said before, like it's a small price to pay to not have to look through all this stuff. But when I go and I have to buy it, and I know for a fact, because I did, now I know what was there and what I I got rid of. But the $1.27, small price to pay for the fact that my house is under control. And now I can buy this and go, yeah, $1.27, I'm willing to buy it. And it's hard because $1.27 can be difficult, y'all. Maybe you have to get creative. Maybe you have to ask your friends, does anybody have some beading cord elastic? Because I bet you somebody does. Because I bet you you're also the kind of person, and I can tell from your comment because you were being very kind and you're v- being very thoughtful, that you're the kind of person that if your friend needed beating cord elastic and didn't have the dollar twenty seven to go get some and ask you, you would be thrilled to give it to her, right? Just like she would for you. And so maybe you will have to get creative at some point. And yet in the midst of that creativity, you've got a house that's under control. You've got a house that can function and you do know what you have, and you do know where it is, and you're able to get to it without causing a crap right? Okay. This is a preachy one, and I kind of apologize and I kind of don't apologize, but anyway, so what do we do? Let's talk through this. okay? Let's talk about this is hard. It is very hard. Sometimes we make it harder than it needs to be. Sometimes our situation legitimately is so hard that it is actually hard. Like maybe we're not talking about beating cord elastic. Maybe we are talking about, I don't know why I'm saying this, a saddle. I think saddles are really expensive. I don't own any. I've wanted one real, real bad before, but maybe we're talking about a saddle. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about a flute. Because guess how I found out that flutes are unbelievably expensive? When somebody in a play in college borrowed their friend's flute without telling their friend they had borrowed it, and then it got stolen. And then that was when I found out that flutes and y'all are probably going to go, no, that's cheap. That would be a cheap flute or at least $1,000. Flutes are $1,000, y'all. Okay. So let's go there. Let's just go there with this flute that somebody gave you years ago. Okay. And it was shoved in the bottom of a closet. And you realize that uh, as you're decluttering, you come across this flute. And you asked yourself the question if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had a flute? If I ever needed a flute, would it occur to me that I already had one? This is tough. I mean, this makes my heart palpitate, right? Cause I'm like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't use this example, but I'm going to use it. Why? Because we're just going to go there. We're just going to go through this process. Right? So I asked myself if I needed a flute, where would I look for it first? And the legitimate answer for me is I would never go looking for a flute if I needed a flute. Well, then my brain starts to go, but what if I really, really needed it? Okay. I didn't have an answer. So I'm gonna say, if I'm gonna ask that second question, if I needed a flute, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? And the answer is no, I would literally never go looking for a flute, but now I'm holding it in my hand and I know that I have it. And I know because of that college experience that they're over a thousand dollars. Oh my goodness. Okay. And my brain starts to go into all these scenarios, right? So my kids made it all the way through school and never needed a flute. What about my grandkids? What about my grandkids? What about my great grandkids? What if my great grandkids needed a flute and I could have been the person that could have given them this flute? but the truth is if this space was not decluttered i would never have known that it was there and then they would have figured out a way to have a they might have borrowed it from somebody they might have rented one maybe i would have scraped up the money to help them you know the whole family would have pitched together to help you know pay the rent for this flute and then after i died my family would have cleaned out the house and they would have found the flute. Okay. That's, that's the actual scenario that happens when I don't clean this out, when I don't declutter. Okay. So it's, it's, we don't have to go there, but I do have to remind myself that these questions that I use are used to help me deal with actual reality and not with what ifs okay? Because for all the what ifs that end up with me being a hero, that's like we're, we're going to be kind and generous and say there's a 10% chance of me being a hero. There's a 90% chance if I hold on to everything for all these possibilities for the future, there's a 90% chance that it would be my family cleaning this stuff out. All you know, and, Anyway, and most families are are just gonna be thrilled that you go ahead and get rid of the stuff, right? I'm not gonna say all because it's definitely not all. So what do we do? We follow the process. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused Again, that's prepdish.com slash clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no-brainer. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? In all of these, we're getting into these nitty-gritty, like, what about the dollar twenty-seven here? What if I legitimately cannot afford to replace a dollar twenty-seven item? And I know this person isn't saying the dollar twenty-seven. I think they're saying if I do this for all the different things, that's actually not a dollar twenty-seven we're talking about. It's two hundred dollars we're talking about. And what if I have to replace those? I don't have two hundred dollars. Okay. But statistically, realistically, in actuality, I say statistically, even though I have no actual statistics, I'm just saying from my own experience and from hearing from y'all, in reality, it is not the $200 that I'm going to have to replace. It might be three different things. One of them was $1.27, one was $3 and one was $7. Okay. So out of all those things that I get rid of, yes, I'm probably going to have to replace some, but I can almost guarantee I will never guarantee, but I can almost guarantee you're not going to have to replace all of them. So when you're thinking of it as I got rid of $200 worth of stuff, I can't afford to get rid of $200 worth of stuff. Remind yourself. And yet the only things I would replace, if anything, are going to be very, a very, very small percentage of that. And what is this space being usable and decluttered and me actually knowing what I have and remembering that I have it and actually being able to go get it. That is where the value is, okay? All right, so we talk about the process though. Remember, these are hard decisions. These are the things that get you hung up. But we make tons of progress in the five-step no-mess decluttering process before we ever get to any of that. Trash is the first step, If you are having frugality and value-based palpitations, then that's not trash. Because when we're talking about trash, we're talking about actual trash. Okay, I always get this question too. When I talk about trash, people are like, well, what do you mean by trash? Well, what is trash? I'm like, I'm saying whatever you already, before having, even if you haven't read the books yet, or you have, and this is the only podcast you've listened to, I'm talking about whatever you already at the current stage of your life, in your current mindset, in your current situation, what would you consider trash right now? Just by looking at it, you don't have to ask yourself any questions. You don't have to analyze it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to decide. There's no decision there. Okay. So you're getting rid of trash. So remind yourself that I can make progress before I ever have to deal with any of these heart palpitating issues. And go ahead and and say, even if the beauty of progress and only progress is that I can just do that. This space will be better and it'll be worth my time. Even if I never get to that other stuff, right? So we follow the process. What is the other easy stuff is getting stuff out of this space that has homes, other places in the house, like things that don't belong here do belong somewhere else. They require no decisions to be made. No, I'm not getting rid of them. They are literally things that have a place in my home. They're supposed to be here, but they're in the wrong place, which is causing this place to end up being cluttered. So I'm going to get those things out. Okay. So you've gotten trash out. You've gotten easy stuff out. That is progress. Okay. Then you do the donations. This is the stuff that you're not having to rationalize. You're not having to think through. You're not having to hold your breath while you put it in the donate box. We're talking about literal things. They're like, of course that can go no feelings, no emotion, no regret. Oh yeah, that can go that. It's giving yourself permission to get rid of things without asking any questions, without thinking, without analyzing at all, okay? You get those three things done, those first three steps of the process, and you acknowledge that even if that's all I do, my house will be better off, okay? Even if I never finish, even if I never get to anything that I have to work through this money issue in my brain, Even if I never do any of that, my house will be better off. Y'all, when your house is better off, you start to experience what I was talking about earlier, which is the thing that changed my mind about the money issue, which is, oh, wow, I like my house. Oh, wow, it's easier to live in my house. Oh, wow, my life in general is easier because I'm not tripping over as many things. I didn't say I'm not tripping over anything. I said I'm not tripping over as many things because I can also trip over nothing. I'm gifted that starts to change me going with that stuff, saying, I'm just going to do this and maybe only do this, but that starts to change my mindset, which then makes me more excited and ready and and saying, wow, the more I get out of here, the easier it is to live in this space. So, okay, now I'm motivated in a different way than I was before. And then we get into our non-emotional fact-based questions. Because a lot of times this frugality turns into an emotional thing, right? Like it's fear, it's sadness over the regret that you feel over the money that you did spend that you never ended ended up making, you know, it's, it's guilt, it's all those kinds of things but we don't use any of those in our decluttering process. I know there are people who are like, just get over it. And if you feel that way and it makes you feel bad, get rid of it. And some people just can't, right? Like I needed a fact-based non-emotional method. So that's how I came up with my two decluttering questions, right? So the first decluttering question is, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? Remember, I am not asking first, do you remember that you had it? That is not the first thing I legitimately may not have remembered that this thing existed in my house, but I still give myself permission to say, if I was looking for it, where would I look for it first? Because sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I have one or not, but I look for it anyway. So, so it's not a hard and fast. You didn't know you had that. Get rid of it. Okay. It's giving yourself permission to do it, but you, you do have to accept the reality of your space. Is there a place where you would go looking for it? And is there room for it there? Okay, so we're gonna, you know, create space for it by getting rid of some trash or donations if there's not space in this place where I say I would look for it first. Okay, but if I can't answer that first question, then that's when I ask the second question. All right, I only ask it after I can't answer the first question. So the second question is, and this is the one where the beating cord elastic left my house into the donate box. And this is the one that gave heart palpitations to this commenter. Okay. So the question, second question that I, I don't even ask if I was able to answer the first one, because I've already taken it there now, it's dealt with, it has a home now, okay? But if I can't answer that where I would look for it first, then I ask, if I needed this, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? And that is what we were talking about earlier, right? That's what we were talking about, was the, it's sitting at the bottom of a pile, and I would go buy another one anyway, and so then that is the real waste of money is buying something that I already had in my house, but I didn't know I had it in my house because my house is a total disaster because of the clutter. That's the real waste of money. Okay. If you just can't and you say, no, I know that I would know that I had it. Then remember, you have to go back to that first question and you have to give an instinctual answer. Remembering that asking where you would look for it first has like nothing to do with whether or not you think it will be in that place. It is literally where would you look first, even if you had no confidence that it would actually be there when you got there. But where would you look first? And that's where its home needs to be. Because if it's gonna stay in your house, it needs to have a place. Because things have to have a place because space is finite. And if we try to keep more stuff than will fit in our space, get toably and usably, then there is no hope of our house ever staying under control. Right. And so you have to give it a space. So that's also part of the reason why we are so big around here. Me, I'm the only one around here, but anyway, but that's the reason I am so adamant If you're coming to me for decluttering advice, I'm not going to like be adamant to some random person on the street who I see doing this wrong, but that, this is why I'm so adamant. You asked me for advice. This, I'm just telling you, this is so important. The no mess progress and only progress. This is how we do it. We make final decisions and we act on those decisions and we don't half make decisions. Therefore we don't let fear be our deciding factor we let space be our deciding factor. And so many times that will help release that fear. When you say, I do have this fear. I am not pretending that I don't have a fear. I am not pretending that this isn't an actual issue. It is an issue. I legitimately cannot just replace stuff because I don't have the money. All of that is true, but also here's my space. This is the space that I have. And I assume that if you can't afford to replace beating a cord elastic, you also can't afford to move into a different space. So this is the space that I have. And I wish I could keep that. But the fact is I might have to do without someday, or I might have to ask my friend to borrow some of hers because this space is the space that I have. And that's just reality. And if I try, if I try to keep things, then I go back into that, that, you know, more than will fit in this space. Then I go back into that cycle of it being in piles because there's no room for it. I mean, not knowing what I have and rebuying something that I already had, which is the absolute definition of wasting money. I'm going to say my quote again. Here you go. Are you ready for this? Fact. If you are living above your clutter threshold, you are already wasting money. Decluttering means you get out the stuff that doesn't need to be there, that doesn't stress you out about money, but you get that stuff out and everything has a home and you know where that home is because you're able to say, okay, I'm going to go with my instinct. Where would I look for it first? Wow. It's actually there because that's where I put it. I put it in the place where I would look for it first. Okay. This is why we don't ask that second question first. It's part of the process and it gives you permission to have these issues. You do have to get over some of these issues, but I'm not going to say just get over it. That's dumb because I understand. And, And these are legitimate challenges for a lot of us. Some of us, The fear is more than the reality, but for some of us, the reality is completely reality that yes, we don't have the money to replace this. And yet fact, if you're living over your clutter threshold, you are already wasting money. Okay. So we don't ask the second question. First, we give ourselves permission to ask that first one. And we remember you can keep the beating cord elastic, but you can't keep everything. And also remember, because we're doing progress and only progress, that if you get to the beating cord elastic, and the beating cord elastic is the thing that is stopping you in your tracks, then skip it. Because we're doing progress and only progress. And it is better to keep making progress and say, okay, well, I had no delusions that I was going to be perfect anyway. I'm just going to keep on making progress. So this thing is holding me up. I'm going to skip that and move on. And so many times after you do that, when you come back to this space that is so much more functional, so much more usable, you're enjoying your house. You know what you have. You know, you have the beating cord elastic. You come back to this space and you go, you know, in a six months or a year, because we do have to re declutter spaces, you come back to the space and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> Oh my word. <laughs> I was so stressed out over beating cord elastic and you know what? I ended up um, making necklaces and used that clear, whatever it is, cord for the necklaces. I would never have used it. Okay. This can go. Yeah. I mean, it. it is shocking how often that happens, but just remember you can keep it, but you can't keep everything. Okay. All right. Before we go, I've been talking for a really long time, but before we go, I am going to briefly address the, I could sell it issue. Okay. Because that goes along with the money stuff here, not just about the, what if I have to replace it? But yes, I know it needs to go. Yes. It does not deserve space in my home. And yet I need the money. So therefore maybe I should sell this item. Okay. Here's the question to ask yourself is selling it stopping me? from getting something that I know needs to leave my house out of my house? That's the question. Is this idea that I'm going to sell it, is it moving me forward to get it out of my house? Or is it stopping the process and meaning that I'm keeping stuff in my house and tripping over stuff that I cannot stand and I already know should be gone. And yet I have this idea that I should be selling it. So what is my strategy on this? My strategy is to pick the thing that you are most confident would sell. Maybe it's designer shoes that your kid had and barely wore and you paid a bunch of money or your mother-in-law paid a bunch of money and you're like, Oh my word, those are worth so much. Go through the process. The first part of the process is checking completed listings on eBay, meaning how much have these actually sold for? Nobody cares what people want for them. How much have they actually sold for? Many times. That will be the thing that lets you let it go. Cause you're like, Oh, oh yeah. Actually, I've been thinking of these as valuable for 12 years now. They're no longer in style. Oh, <laughs> okay. Or you go to look at them and you're like, Oh yeah. And you're like, Oh, these are crumbling. These are literally crumbling because I've had them in my closet for so long or whatever. If you find out it is worth money and it's worth enough to make, you know, you think it's worth enough to make you do it, do it. This is a valid use of your decluttering time to go through this process of selling this item, whether that is taking it to an antiques dealer, whether it is uh, taking it you know, to a consignment sale, whether it's selling it on eBay, selling it on Facebook marketplace, whatever, go through the process of doing that so that you now know what it takes, how long it takes. And then it makes, if you're like, oh, this is worth $25 and then it takes you four hours of work and a lot of headache and hassle and a lot of checking your email and going back with back and forth with people who end up flaking on you and all that kind of stuff, depending on where you're selling it, or it requires you to go to the post office and you realize I cannot stand going to the post office, then all of those things let you know, is this worth it to me? Oh, I just spent four hours and a lot of headaches to make $25. Not worth it. But you're not going to know that until you go through the process. So There is value in going through the process if this is a hangup. Some of you are gonna hear me say this and go, oh yeah, I'm I'm ready to get rid of it. Some of you are gonna hear me say it and go like, oh, but my stuff really is, and I really do need the money, and maybe you do, but you don't have the money as long as you're not selling it. So go ahead and sell something and learn what it takes to do that, okay? Oh, the other thing might be that you might find out that this is actually really fun. I mean, I enjoyed selling on eBay when I was doing it. Did it get me into a really bad place? Yes, it did. So I I'm, it's not the thing I recommend. But if you may find out, oh, wow, okay, I spent a little bit of time and I made $80. That's how we paid our gas bill. I don't know. You know, like, but you you don't know as long as you're as long as it's sitting in your house you don't have that eighty dollars until you actually do the work right so do one item say I'm going to give myself permission to learn on one item and find out is this something that I should be doing or do I need to let it go without worrying about the money okay all right that's a lot of talk about money it was a lot of passionate preaching on my part just a reminder subscribe please subscribe so that you are there when I come back in August. And uh, yeah, I will talk to y'all later.